0: Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby Say Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the can, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down, tight. I ain't going to tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. Um, the other day, Ty and I went to Colorado Springs, and um, as we were driving down, I, I saw this new house that had been built, And it was one of the typical uh, uh, new houses that that kind of spring up outside of town. You know, it's usually on 35 or 40 acres. And it just seems like, and, and I'm just, I'm not making fun of anybody. Please don't get me wrong. If you think I'm making fun of somebody, I'm just relaying what I've noticed. Okay? This is what I've noticed. You're offended. Is that there must be... A new small ranch starter kit sold at Tractor Supply. You can spot it from a mile off. And if you're one of these people, we love you. We love the fact that people want to get out of the city and learn where their food comes from and and get outdoors. We love that, okay? We're not criticizing it. But there's a new small ranch starter kit. The first thing that you have to have in your new small ranch starter kit is two Highlander cows, okay? I I don't know where they get them but you've got to have two Highlander cows, okay? They're cute, they're fuzzy, they're great, okay? They don't bring any money at the sale. You're not going to make any money off of them, I don't know how they eat, but anyway. They're cute. People will drive by. My wife loves them. She calls them the cattle with bangs, okay? So I'm not making fun of it. I'm just, it it's, it's, uh, we had one donated one time, and, and we picked it up and went straight to cow hen. Okay, we owned it for two hours, and, and we told them that it didn't fit what we were trying to do. Okay, so they, they knew that, and we took that money and bought half of another cow, because that's what they bring, okay, half of the income, okay. So uh, the, the first thing that you need for the new ranch starter kit is two Highlander cows. The second thing you need is a 12-year-old unbroken Craigslist Mustang, okay. Because when you get a ranch, you got to have the 12-year-old unbroke Mustang that you get off of Craigslist. Now, if you're going down this and you've purchased this new ranch starter kit, let me tell you, they're not telling you the truth when they ask you to show up to pick up the, 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 uh, the 12-year-old unbroke Mustang mare after hours, because if you do it after hours, you ain't got to have a brand inspection. That's not true, okay? That's not true. Everybody tries to get a start somewhere. Everything has a starter kit, you know, and and, and unfortunately, most of us, maybe not in this this sense uh, of a new small ranch, but we've all got hopes and dreams and how to get there, and we usually make a ton of mistakes in the beginning. You should, you would be amazed at how many good ideas I have of how to make a ranch more profitable, but I had an old cowboy, I told him my, my, my latest, greatest idea of how to how to maximize efficiency and proficiency, and we can make a lot of money doing this. And I said, do you think that'll work? And he said, it might, but probably not. I was like, well, why? And he said, everybody's tried it. I mean, if there you look around, and the reason everybody does the same things, or nearly everybody does the same thing, is because that's the best way. There's not not a whole lot of new ideas. And so in in thinking about all of this, I I loved watching some videos. Y'all ever seen those videos about uh, like, kitchen hacks and stuff of how to do like really simple deals the other day you know i've had shoulder surgery and i had elbow surgery and so you know i'm not the the manliest guy to open up the jar of man you know jelly or whatever you know because i don't have a real grip good grip and everything but i seen something the other day that that you could just take an old balloon and just stretch it over the top and you can open it like a snap and i thought man that's simple i wish i would have known that instead of you know like you do all the time well We've got a new ranch starter kit hack, okay, that's going to save you a ton of money, okay? Me, me, and a, me and a local real estate agent and Ty were talking about this. We're going to set up a business, and we're going we're to help you start out. So when you come out here, when people come out here and, and they buy their 40 acres, you can get with our real estate agent. He's going to sell you one with a real nice property with a, with a mountain view and everything. And then instead of getting the 12-year-old unbroke Mustang mare just go out and buy you a $15,000 good horse to start off with, okay? Because that's what you're going to put into the 12-year-old unbroken Mustang mare, okay? You're going you're gonna to get bucked off. Your deductible is going to be $2,500 to fix the broken arm that you had, and then you're going to get mad, and you're going to sell it to Ty, and Ty's going to have to ride that thing for six months, and Ty's not cheap because he's good. And then the other remainder $9,000 that you will have saved on treats, okay? You don't have to spend $9,000 on treats to get your horse to do what you need it to, okay? So we're gonna, what we're going to do is we're going to sell you your 40 acres. We're going to sell you two Angus cows because they're going to eat the same amount of grass as your Highlanders and they're going to bring more money at the sale. So it's, we're, we're saving you money all the way around and Ty's going to have a $15,000 horse waiting on you, okay? We're going to hack into this, But what about Christianity? Can we hack Christianity? Can we take away all of the stuff, all of the mistakes that new Christians make? And and can we make room and just focus on what's important? Can we learn from other people's mistakes? And, And I'm starting a series called Hacking Christianity. It's wading through religion to try to just get to what really works. Because isn't that what we're doing? Don't we want a faith that that is apparent in our lives? Don't we want a faith where, where it, it is a reality instead of just some fanciful wish? Over the next couple of weeks, I will be giving you things that will help you in your Christian walk. Now, some of you might have been a Christian for a long time, okay? So the things I will be talking about are very simple things, but just because they're simple doesn't mean that they're easy. And, and I think that some of these simpler things, people think, well, I've moved beyond that. I'm more of a mature Christian than that. No, man, even NFL players, man, they still go out there and practice the fundamentals of tackling, of blocking. You know, we, we never get old of this. It never gets old of learning from the simple things in life. Now, let me tell you this. The, things that I, the three things that I'm going to tell you today is nothing that you haven't heard before. If you came today thinking that I was going to pull out some crazy stuff that you've never heard before, it, it's not going to happen. But I'm willing to bet right now, I'm willing to wager, that these three things that I'm going to talk about, many of us, preacher included at times, are guilty of not doing what the simple things that we know we should be doing. So what is the purpose of Christianity? Okay, what is the purpose of Christianity? One of the things that I that it just, it just, it just eats on me is that Christianity, Jesus did not come to die to make bad men good, okay? That was not the purposes, purpose of Jesus' death, was not to make bad men good. It was to make dead men alive because we are dead in sin and our transgressions but jesus came so that he might live a perfect life and then he gives us that perfect life and he takes from us the the things that we have done that alienate us from god and he swaps places with us and he says now you're like me you're a son of god and i will be punished for all the wrong things you did and you will be rewarded for all the things that i did that were right that's what it is Jesus came to make us right with God. He is the key. The Old Testament spoke of his coming. Ty talked about, you know, the, the, the Israelites, you know, were, were waiting on the Messiah. But when the Messiah got there, they didn't recognize him because he wasn't anything like he thought. He was a lot more simpler. They thought the Messiah was going to, to relieve them of Roman rule, but he didn't. He didn't save them from Rome. He saved them from sin and death. Christianity is actually a lot simpler than religion makes it out to be because that's what religion does. Religion complicates things. Religion says you have to do it this way, and if you don't do it this way, then you're not a real Christian. Denominations are made on that. Okay, What we're going to talk about is how to walk with Jesus. Actually, that's all we want to do. Now, there's going to be other things that we do. There's going to be a thousand other things that we do, but the important thing is that we won't ever know how to do or be able to do or be available to do those thousand other things that are going to bring us joy, that's going to bring us purpose to make our lives complete. We'll never accomplish those apart from Jesus. What are some things that we can do to scoot religion out of the way, instead of spiritually trying to open up that jar of jelly and struggling and struggling and struggling and running it under hot water and doing all this other stuff, can we just find a balloon to stretch over the top and open it up easy and be on down the road a lot quicker than anything we ever intended? I think it's possible. But it's gonna take dedication, it's gonna take perseverance, it's gonna take uh, diligence, okay? Now, the first thing that I want to say before I begin is that, that I bet me and Ty have talked 20 hours about what we're fixing to say, and we've talked about this side, and we've talked about this side, and we've talked about this way and that way, and <coughs> excuse me, I'm going to make an illustration of what it's like to be a Christian by first comparing it to being a cowboy or using a cowboy life as an illustration. Let me tell you what. If you're here today and you've always loved the cowboy way of life, and it's just always, you know, you love the old Western movies and everything, and you thought, you know what, I'd love to live my life like that, by that set of ideals, by that set of work ethic, to be strong and, and, and all of the things that cowboys. If you make your mind up right now and says, I want to be a cowboy and I am going to start right now, guess what, in, your, in my book you're a cowboy, but you're still becoming one tomorrow. Because just because you say you want to be a cowboy... Doesn't mean you can go out with me and Ty and doctor a yearling and run, you know, at full stupid across the pasture and rope a 900-pound yearling and tie it down or anything. But you can learn to do that. So you start off being a cowboy on day one, but you're not a cowboy yet. Same way with Christianity. When you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're a Christian right then, but you're not finished yet. There's a long way to go. So you are, but not yet if that makes sense. And I know that that's a, that's a hard concept to follow, but I know people that Christianity is a journey. It's a walk with Jesus. Some people accept Jesus and they take one step and that's as far as they go. They're still saved. They're still Christians, but Paul actually talks about them in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 around verse 15 where he talks about that Jesus is our foundation and then the journey after that is like building upon that foundation, and everything we build after that foundation will be tested. And that some people's building is just going to scatter. It doesn't hold any merit. It's made poorly. They didn't do anything with the great gift that they were given. And Paul says that those people who they've got the foundation, but they didn't do much else, they'll still go to heaven. But Paul says they will escape. Like a man through a wall of flame, they will barely escape. That means that you're saved. You you know, a lot of Christians say, well, you know, you got to accept Jesus and then do this. No, you just got to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Now, that journey is a lot longer than that, and it's one that will bring you purpose and joy and peace and that surpasses all understanding. But it is instantaneous, but not yet. Because we have a long way to go, and that journey is with Jesus. So here's the trick. If you're going on a journey, and you're going with Jesus, he's the guide, he's the one that shows us how, then we should stick right there with him. But I've seen too many Christians make the mistake of they jump out in front, or they get behind, or they go wandering off by themselves, or something like that. No, our job is to be led by the Holy Spirit. And let me tell you what's going to happen. He's never going to go as fast as you want, and when he does, you're going to be like, slow down. Okay, we're never satisfied with that. I know people, I just wish God would tell me what to do, and then he tells them what to do. He's like, I'm not ready. Well, which one do you want, you know? So the trick is, you know, it's never going to happen on your time, but it's going to happen in God's time. And he, as he leads you along, he's going to mentor you. You know, if we were in a ranch illustration, if your goal is to be able to doctor yearlings in the pasture, we got to teach you how to rope. More importantly, we got to teach you how to ride, and then you're gonna have to try to figure out how to do both of those at one time, and that ain't easy. Okay, it takes years and years and years. But once you are prepared, then it's like, okay, it's your turn, and you'd be like, no, 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 no. I'm not. You realize after you have spent a long time preparing just how inadequate we really all of us are. So what are three things? I told you that I was going to give you three things today, and today what we're going to focus on is our Christian walk with God, okay? Is our Christian walk with God. There's a lot of stuff about religion that makes stuff just complicated. We're going to try to uncomplicate everything. We're going to try to hack Christianity to move religion out of the way and only focus on the things that are important. Okay, now, there may be some other things that are important, but we are going to try to get the most bang for your buck of your energy. What are the three things that we can do that will really help us grow as Christians? What are the three things that we can do to get us down that journey? Okay, here's the first one. It's mind-boggling, I know, is to talk to God. The Bible calls that prayer. God wants you to talk to him. If he's going to be your Lord, then he wants to get to know you. He already knows you, but really what he wants is you to get to know him, to know what his life is like, or maybe not life, but what he is like of how much he loves us. And he wants us to visit with him. We are his kids and he is our daddy. And I say daddy because the 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 word is Abba and that's what it means. It doesn't mean necessarily father. It's more of a personal term that means daddy. He wants to get to know you and you're his kid. My dad's here and, and last night he was sitting in the chair and, and my youngest son Jace Ray climbed up in my dad's lap and was just kind of playing with his hand and just and there was the biggest smile on my dad's face. He didn't understand any of it, but it doesn't matter. He talked to him, and and it was. It brought joy to my son, and it brought joy to my dad. When's the last time you just stopped and just talked to your dad? Not with a bunch of heavenly fathers, not with a bunch of speaking in King James or anything like that. just seriously, when was the last time you talked to your dad? Now, Jesus, who is our trail guide, okay, he came to show us the trail. Loud the trail. He was the uh, the guy that shows us how to get to God. He's the bridge. There's some things that Jesus said about prayer. Okay, prayer is when we talk to God. This is what Jesus. Here's here's about three things. It's not everything he said, but here's three things that Jesus said about prayer. He said, "Ask anything in my name, and it will be given unto you." Now that does not mean that you can ask for a living quartered horse trailer, and Jesus is going to have it delivered tomorrow. Okay, that's not how that works. What he's saying is, if you are walking with me on this journey, anything you need along that journey to be with me, I am going to provide. That's what that means. He said, there will be nothing that I will not give you that will not aid you in this journey I'm going to ask you to go on. Now, this journey is going to be filled with hills and canyons, and rivers, and deserts, and God is going to provide for you the whole way. He's not going to provide for you so you can run off and do your own thing because he knows that everything you need is with him, and he will help you in that. Jesus said, ask anything in my name and it will be given unto you. Anything you need to take on this journey with me, not in front of me, not behind me, not way off in the pasture, I'm going to provide that. Jesus also said, That when you talk to your dad, man, go into the closet and just get alone with him. When you pray, go into your closet and be alone and talk to your dad, man. You can talk to him about exciting things that happen during your day, some struggles that you're having. You can ask him to guide you, to show you the right way. By the way, just so you know, uh, I think that God leads us all the time. You can choose your way or you can choose God's way. You will never do God's way by doing it your way. Okay, so a lot of times whenever you're praying, he's going to lay stuff on your heart that you already knew, that you know you ain't been doing. That's how he communicates with us. Go into your closet and get alone with your dad, man. Crawl up in his old lap and babble to him if you have to. That's good. He don't care, man. He wants to know you. Man, play with his hands or, or ask him silly questions. I, it don't matter. Get to know your God, and the only way you're going to do that is by talking to him, or one of the ways is by talking to him. Now, Jesus also said, I, just, I, I don't mean to negate myself, but Jesus also said, don't babble like the religious people do, and, and that type of babble that he was talking about is don't think that your prayer has to be four million words long with 9,000 heavenly fathers speaking in King James. Okay? You don't have to do that. One of the greatest prayers I ever heard was by a buddy of mine. He said that they sat down... And, and they were all holding hands before they ate, and he asked his daughter to pray, and his daughter went, God help us. Amen. That is a great prayer, by the way. It was to the point, and it was from the heart. That's a great prayer. You don't have to make these long prayers. Okay? When Jesus taught us to pray with the Lord's Prayer, it was only like 13 sentences, or uh, not even 13, it was like seven sentences. When you go to your Father, do it like this, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. You know, he praised God. He asked God to provide for us. Man, I cannot express to you how much a prayer life, and when I say prayer life, I don't mean just at night before you go to bed. I'm talking about when you're driving down the road. I'm talking about whenever you're cooking supper. Whatever you're doing, be in constant contact with your God. You would be amazed at what he will do through you when you're talking to him. But here's the thing. I don't think a lot of us have that type of relationship with God. I'm not saying you don't have a relationship with God. I'm just saying that we forget about it. And isn't it crazy that the one thing, or one of the main things that Jesus talked about time and time again, prayer, we just forget about it. If you want to hack into Christianity, if we can use that buzzword, and you want to make a difference in your Christian life right away, start it right now. With a life of prayer, talk to your dad. The second thing that will keep us right there with Jesus to keep us from getting ahead of the boss, behind the boss, way out in the pasture by ourselves, is this. Reading the good book. You know, it is a a sad statistic that of the people that say that they are born again believing Christians, 90% of them do not read their bibles regularly something so simple as talking to god christians don't do the job that would probably benefit them the most of talking to god but they also don't read the good book which is god talking to us listen that bible that you have is a love letter from god if you read it through any, you can read the Bible through a, through a history lens. You can read it through a, a, a whatever lens. But until you learn to read every word in that Bible, because every word in that Bible speaks of God's unending love for us and how much he wants us to be with him. When you can keep that, that's your lens by through which you read everything, man, your life will change. Praying is us talking to God. Reading the good book is us, is God talking to us. Now I'm gonna give you just a few quick pointers, okay? There is there there's two there's two groups of people out there. You you've got your King James Version only people, and you've got the rest of the people, okay? I am I am in neither camp. Okay? I am in neither camp. What camp I'm in is is read your Bibles. If you want to read a King James Version, read your King James Version. If, you need, if you're like me and you need something a little more modern that's a little easier to understand, get you a new Living Translation or a new International Version or go the Message or, or, or whatever you need. It, it, to me, it doesn't matter as much about whether they use thee and thou or this and that as you're just your goal is to spend time with God. And listen to him. Get you something that you can understand. Man, and and listen, you're not going to accidentally read your Bible. You're not going to be walking along and, I've been reading my Bible for an hour. I didn't even realize it. (laughs) Who knew? It's not going to happen. You're going to find a thousand things you'd rather do than read the good book. Okay? I'm telling you. It even happens to preachers. But pick that thing up and open it. And whatever you do, don't read it like a novel. It's not your latest James Patterson novel. It's not even in chronological order, okay? And, and I know some of you, some of you, you've read the Bible from cover to cover. God bless you. I have nothing against that. But the other 99% of you are going to get to Leviticus and quit. And the ones that giggled have tried and they quit. At Leviticus or Numbers, somewhere around there, okay? It's not meant to be like that. It's, a, it's 66 love letters. Some of it's tough love. Some of it's ooey-gooey love, like 1 Corinthians 13. Love is patient. Love is kind. Sounded like I was on focus on the family for a minute, didn't it? Read your Bibles. People, I'm struggling with my walk with God. Man, if you would just talk to God and let him talk to you, you would be amazed at the results, but it's not going to happen today. Just because you prayed today and read the good book today doesn't mean that your life is going to change tomorrow. It's just one step on a million-mile journey or, or whatever. I don't know. Read the good book. A lot of people say the reason they don't read it is because they don't understand it. Okay? Listen, nobody does. Nobody understands it all. I study the thing. I don't just read it. I study the thing. And you'd be amazed that when I don't understand something, I go because I've got like these really fancy books that really dive in pretty deep. And they're like, uh, nobody really knows. Here's like 15 different explanations of this. And nobody really knows. Nobody understands all of it. Quit trying to understand all of it. You're not going to understand everything. Just read till you understand something. Okay? God will reveal what you need at the time. And you might need, you might not need that complicated stuff yet. Paul talks about need. You know, some of us are infants. Man, we, we're still struggling with salvation and, and, and what repentance means. But others of us have moved past that. Man, wherever you're at, God will speak to you if you read His Word. There's nothing mind boggling about what I'm saying. This is probably the simplest sermon you've ever heard, but it will amaze you if you will put these things into practice, of what kind of impact they will make. And the third thing, and we're done. You've already done it. Everybody that is hearing me right now, has already done the third thing today do not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing go to church go hang out with fellow brothers and sisters fellow cowboys and cowgirls come together with your forever families and let's all put aside all of the other stuff and let's just worship God in Hebrews the writer of Hebrews says do not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. And this was written like nearly 2000 years ago and they had already stopped. Okay? And some people say well, you know, going to church don't make you a Christian. You know, you park yourself in a garage, it don't make you a car. Well, I agree with that, but just because you say you're a car unless you have four tires and an engine, you're probably not a car. Okay? There's a fine line to walk here. And I and I know, look, if you think that I couldn't have found something—I don't want to say better to do—but if you don't think I could have found something else to do on a Sunday morning, you must think that I'm somebody else. We can all find something else to do, man. Watch some Netflix, or you know, I, the go ride, or or whatever. But there's something magical that happens when a group of people come together for one purpose. God is there with us. Jesus said, "Where two or more meet." there I am also. Jesus, in the form of the Holy Spirit, God, the Holy Spirit, it is. They are here with us right now and the message that they are pounding through to you is that God loves you, God loves you, God loves you, God loves you. And everything in your life hinges on your understanding of that. God loves you, God loves you, God loves you. He's going to tell you Ways to do things that seem very hard, but it leads you to where you want to be. He's going to tell you to stay away from things because they lead where you don't want to be. Okay, like Ty talked about. You know, if you if you've never ridden a horse, it's probably not a good idea for you to get a green broke yearling and learn with them. Okay, God tells us to do things because He knows He that it leads us away from Him. Everything that leads us away from god god will tell you to stay away from and unfortunately the world thinks that those are the fun things but they're not they're dead they their box canyons you ride for a long time and then you realize that you're stuck and then you ask god why did you let this happen he's like i've been right here if you'd have been talking to me i'd have been talking to you through my word so that you would have known not to take that trail right there because that trail don't lead nowhere Jesus says in John chapter 10 that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly. Would you rather go down the steal, kill, or destroy trail or would you rather go down the abundant? And I ain't talking about money, I'm talking about God. An abundant relationship with him. Look, we're going to talk about this for a couple of weeks of hacking into Christianity, of separating all of the stuff and getting down to what's important. Our foundation is Jesus, because he made us right with God, and then when he went up, he sent the Holy Spirit to guide us, and he guides us to God. And if you want to start your journey, maybe you've been walking for a long time, and you've been wondering where God's at, man, you can get right back on the trail by having an active prayer life, not prayer time, a prayer life. And you're not going to be real good at it at first, but that's okay. Just keep practicing. Read your good book every if you don't have one, let me know. I'll give you one. I'll go buy one for you. Go to church. I know you can find a hundred other things to do besides tune in on, on social media to, to worship with us or or to be here in person or to listen on the radio. But man, this is a three-legged stool approach to growing in Christ, of walking with Him. I'm not saying that those things make you a Christian. I'm not. But it's real hard to go on that journey and follow Jesus without prayer, without reading the Bible, and without going to church. And I know some of you, man, you've already been talking in your head. Yeah, man, that's right, man. I I don't really read the Bible like I should, man. I ought to dust that thing off and get it out, and I'm going to start reading it every night, and that's going to work good today, okay? But tomorrow it's going to be a little different story. You've got to choose God because he chose you. Let's go to God in prayer. God, help us to see through religion and find Jesus and just focus on him. Because it is through him that we come to you. And God simply stated, you are all we need. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.